Good morning, everybody. I'm Randy Ramos. I'm the youth pastor here at Real Life Church, and it is an honor to be here with you guys this morning. I, I truly mean that. Um, happy Promotion Sunday. Um, we got to celebrate some of the young lives in our church um, this morning, the ones that are moving from um, middle, um, kids ministry into youth ministry. Um, but that's not it. Um, Promotion Sunday, it's a big day for us here at Real Life Church, especially for our kids ministry, our youth ministry. We have, um, everybody's kind of moving up and being promoted to the next grade, um, into a new ministry, and into a pool of, of new faces and new adults and, and people that really just love them and care about them and want to see them win for Jesus. Um, we celebrated the fifth graders moving into sixth grade. I can't wait to start doing life with them as, as they're at the starting line of their new journey and what God has for them. Um, there are some in our ministry, but they're not the only ones that make up our ministry, right? There's, there's students from sixth grade all the way to 12th grade in our ministry. Um, so this promotion Sunday looks a little bit different for some of them. Some of them are, have a few years under their belt, right? They, they're starting to get the hang of, of this teenage thing um, that is really hard to get the hang of. Um, they're moving up into from middle school to high school groups, right? They're moving in getting a new group leader who's going who's gonna to be there to help them walk along and do life with them. And they stay there with them for a year. And, and actually, there was even more in our ministry, the ones that came before, right? The ones that were here last semester, the ones that graduated high school, right? They are at this point in their life at this beginning of this new journey and where they're going. And Promotion Sunday is, is not a forever goodbye. It's a, hey, we'll, we'll see you. We'll do life with you together. But they're no longer in the youth ministry. So there's a lot of moving and transitioning in this time of year. And I particularly love this time of year. I, I love getting to meet the new sixth graders, getting to see students move groups and change, change leaders, and just everything that goes on in Promotion Sunday. Um, um, I, the, the thing I love about it most, and I, I didn't even realize this as we, until I was getting ready for this weekend, right? We're preparing leading up to this weekend, and, and I, I got a chance to kind of look back at my life and kind of see these different landmarks, these, these milestones, if you will, uh, of how God just puts together this process. It, it, it's a beautiful process that he, he orchestrates and puts together and he causes people's lives to intersect and lives to meet. And, and I got to kind of just journey through that. And it was awesome. And th this process is so amazing and so beautiful to me because in the times that we think that when we're in a conversation or we are a text message, a phone call, or, or even an email, like we, we, we go through life and we kind of just take it as just those things. But there's so much more. And, and the cool thing about this process that God allows us to go through, he also allows us to be a part of, not just for our own, but for people around us, right? And this is the process of, of becoming more mature in Christ, um, to, to living like Christ and living for Christ. This is the process that we get to see, the different promotion marks and the milestones in our lives. Um, and we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about just that, guys. So if you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and open them up to the book of Ephesians. If you have your phones, pull those out too. I know that's a thing. Um, Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16. That is where we're going to be this morning. The scriptures will be here on the screen, so you guys can follow along there. But if you guys would look at these scriptures with me real quick, I'm going to read them with you, and we're going to go through this together. So here it goes in verse 11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until, um, this will continue until we all come to such a unity in our faith and knowledge in God's Son, 
that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Verse 14, then we will no longer be immature like children. We will not be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow and the whole body is healthy and growing full of love. So as I'm talking through this and I'm thinking through this and I'm looking at the process of how God kind of just lays the way and creates moments that is going to help us do exactly what these scriptures call us to do and that is to build up the body, to work in the body and to play our part within the body. I got to thinking and I got to look back and I realized that that this journey that we're on, this process that God has us in, it, it, it takes a village right? It, it takes everybody playing a part. And I know it takes a village because I got to look back and see this village that kind of came around me, right? As I was looking back and thinking, I, I realized that it took many people in my life to help get me to where I am today, right? And I'm not nowhere near finished. God is still working on me. God still has a lot for me. But up until this point, it took people in this village to help me get there. And one of these villagers is my grandmother. Her name is Frances. Um, I call her Nana. You guys can call her the same. She would love it. Um, but my grandmother, she's always been a part of my life. She was a huge part of my life, actually. She's someone that if I wasn't living next door to her, we were living with her. So she's someone who had a, a huge role in my life, and I spent many hours with her. I saw her every day of my life, and, and she always had this way of always kind of interrupting my life, no matter what I was going through, whether it was, it was something good or something bad, it was a, um, highlights or, or the low times in lives, the valleys, no matter what it was, she always had this way to interrupt my life with Jesus, right? Her, her goal was to make sure that no matter where I was going, no matter what I was doing, that Jesus was going to be a part of that and she was going to have a role to play. She was going to do it, right? Amen. Thank you for Nana, right? Everybody thank Nana later. But... So she, so she played this role, and not only that, this is, this, when she was doing this, this was a time in my life to where I wasn't even ready to receive what God had for me. I wasn't ready to receive, I did not have any desire to pursue a relationship with this Jesus. And as a matter of fact, I didn't know him very well, right? I knew, her, I knew him from the very little that I paid attention to my grandma when she was putting scripture into my life, praying for me, making sure that I was thankful for the things that God has provided in our lives and, and making sure that I prayed, right? That I did very little of. But my grandmother, she played this huge role in my pursuit of being mature in Christ where she kind of laid the foundation, right? She kind of seeded the ground for what was going to come next. And later in life, as I look back and I'm running through this process, I, I, I remember my sister, my sister Jessica. She's my oldest sister. I have two sisters. Uh, me and Jessica are very close. We always have been. She's always been a, a, a kind of a mother figure to me, right? She was, a, yeah, she always has been. But she, she kind of met Jesus before I did. She, she got to know him and fell in love with him. And, and she did these things where she would just send me text messages every now and then. Right? She was sending me a text message, and I would kind of look at it and not read it, right, and put it in my pocket. And the times I did read it, I didn't really understand what it was meant for my life. But she also did, um, she, she would send me information about local Bible studies, local Bible studies that she was a part of, that she thought would benefit her little brother's life. 
And not only that, but she prayed for me continually. And, and I shared this story last hour, so I got to share it here now. But she started praying for me. You know, a few months ago, she called me and she was just like, um, Ran, I, I got to apologize to you about something. I was like, well, what's going on? And she says, um, while we were challenged when she was coming to her faith, she was walking through her faith. She said, we were challenged to pray for people around us that we cared about for them to receive Christ. And I thought about you, but then I thought, I'm not going to waste my prayer on my brother because there's no way, there's no way he's going to receive Christ. She said, I'll pray for somebody else who might have a better chance. Luckily, she, could, she prayed for me, right? She prayed for me, and she was faithful in those moments. But it was my grandmother who kind of seeded that ground, that foundation, and my sister started slowly watering, and I didn't even know this was happening in my life. But even further down that, I started to question. I started to ask questions about this Jesus. I started to be more interested, more curious. So I um, started to look around, right? And as you're doing that, you, God kind of puts people in our past that, 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 that know, that have answers to the questions that you have. And, and I, I met um, one of the people in this church. Her name is Barbie Lopez. She's a great friend of mine. She invited me to Messiah Park Community Church when we were just down the road. And, and I went. I went and it was just being there, being around other believers and being uh, during worship and hearing the message and, and starting to hear about this Jesus that is coming, becoming a name that I hear more and more and a name that I'm thinking of and saying more and more. I started to fall in love, right? I was at home. I, I belonged at a place. I had some direction and it was all because someone else in the body played a part that they were called to. But see, and even then, as I grew hungrier and hungrier, and as I wanted more and more of this Jesus, I joined a small group that were going at the time, and I met some people in this small group, and there um, there were some friends of mine, and they invited me to check out the youth ministry at Messiah Park Community Church. I had no idea what it was about. I didn't know what it was. They kind of gave me a brief description, right? But youth ministry is something you have to experience, right? I cannot sit here and tell you how crazy awesome it is, because it is both crazy and awesome, and it's something you have to, to see yourself. So I went. I went to a Wednesday night. I started hanging out, and I, I felt like that's exactly where I needed to be. And the fact that they had basketball and snacks, like, <laughs> I was just sold, right? I was there. But I got to serve in the ministry, right? So, so a foundation was laid. It was watered. People were moving and doing their parts. I got to fall more in love with Jesus, got to learn more about this Jesus, and I started actually walking out my faith and serving in a youth ministry. But it didn't stop there. Um, Larry, um, who used to lead worship and is on, I'm on staff with now, he invited me into a discipleship relationship. At the time, I didn't know what that was really, but I said yes, because if Jesus is involved, I wanted more of it, right? So, and what we did is we would hang out weekly. We'd read the Bible together. We, we did life together, and we fell apart together. Larry seen me ugly cry, and it, it's ugly. But and it wasn't even just there. It wasn't just that. And, and it just continued. And I'm starting to see that how God just moves these pieces and, and moves people into your way and into your paths and, and how both sides are blessed by that. How God uses all these things, different things that he does is the way that he causes as much as a text message or a phone call or even a conversation, how God uses them to just catapult us further into our faith and our walk with him, into a maturity with him. But that wasn't it. This wasn't the end. It's not just, these are just some names that I can look at and put to certain milestones in my life. But it took more than just this, this, this small list of villagers, right? There's some of you in this room that I've had conversations with, that I had a chance to just spend time with you, and you don't even know that the time we spent together and the conversations we had did so much to my walk with Jesus. 
that did so much to get me to where I am today. Some of you have challenged me. Some of you have taught me. You've prayed for me. You've prayed over me. You've held me accountable and you've encouraged me. And there's some of you in this room that have seen me before Jesus and you loved me then. So, so thank you because I needed you to play that part. I needed you to. See, the beautiful thing about this process is just that, that it does take a village. It takes each and every one of us. We get the opportunity and are allowed to step into these moments that God is going to use you and work you in the lives of people around you. But it takes all of us playing our part. We all have a part to play. Right, whether we, we know it or we think it or we're just going through life, just living our life and, and then meeting people and having conversations, these moments is our responsibility. And it actually Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, it's going to be on the screen. It actually calls us and speaks to this responsibility. It says in verse 11, it says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility... Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. We are called here. There's some big titles here, right? There's some big titles, the prophets, the evangelists, the, the, the pastors, the teachers, the apostles. These are all big things, and they, they all talk about a job that needs to be done. And guys, we are called into these roles. These roles are ours to be played. You see, it goes as far as this. Um, parents in your homes, dads. It is your responsibility in your homes to pastor your flock. It is your responsibility to lead your flock. We get to be a part of that. Moms, if dad isn't present, it is your responsibility to lead and pastor your flock. It takes us all, and it's not just mom and dad. It's not just parents. See, I like parents. I love parents. We get to partner with parents in discipling their students. We get to walk alongside these parents and reinforce what's being taught in their homes because we are called and it is our responsibility to equip God's people. And that's all of God's people. And it doesn't end there. It's all of us. Every single one of us in this room has a part to play. We all have a role that we can step into for the greater good of the body. So I, I guess what I'm saying is, is welcome to the village. Welcome to the village. You are a part. You have a place and you have a role to play. You have a role to play. You see these students that we just celebrated, the ones that are coming behind us, the ones that are around us, they need us. It is our responsibility to be what we are in the body, to play our role, to step into these moments that God is trying to use us for these brothers and sisters in our lives, for each of us, so that the body is healthy and growing. See, there are generations behind us, friends, there's generations behind us that, that need us to step into these roles. It's not about if we want to or because they want us there. They need us to step into these roles to help them on their pursuit and on their process to be mature in Christ, to live like Christ, and to live for Christ. They need us. See, it is our example that needs to go out, and it is a leading that comes from us saying yes to God and saying yes to step into these moments and to lead with, the, with, with, with an example of, of, of love, an example of faith, an ex, uh, some encouragement. And it's all this that needs to be together embodied as one so that our presence and this truth is louder than the false teaching, the fake love, the, the encouragement to live life the way you choose to live it, the way, however that is, that is so, so prevalent and so existing in our world. It is up to us to lead this by example to combat what is out there. 
See, but it takes all of us to lead by that example. And that means stepping into uncomfortable places for the sake of our brothers and sisters, for the sake of the body, to step out of the places that we feel secure in and our faith isn't challenged in and there's no growth that comes from. We need to step out in an example of these uncomfortable places for each other so that we can further our, we, we, can, we can all um, pursue and, and actually be more mature in Christ. To be more mature in Christ to, so that we can receive the truth of the gospel and not be shaken. To hold true to what God says about His Word and who His Son is. That He has died for us so that we don't have to. So we don't have to pay the price for our sins. To acknowledge our sin and confess our sin. To grow less dependent on ourselves and more dependent and increasingly dependent on Christ. And to continue to build our faith on that. It is up to us to be that example for those around us and the ones behind us. See, everyone around us. We need to be an example of who Jesus is. That means equipping ourselves, knowing who our God is, knowing what we mean to Him, and knowing where He's called us to. we got to be an example of Jesus to everyone around us. The ones that might even make it a little harder to be just that. Maybe even the ones that think or believe differently than us. Maybe even the ones that have hurt us. And we do this so that it is the image of our living God, it is the image of our living Jesus that is played out in front of them, that they see that it's the forgiveness, the mercy, the love that we were first received so that we can give to others, so that we can help them along and say, this is where we're going, we are moving this way, Jesus is over here, let's go. It is our, it is our job, it is our time, it's now. It's now, but if this is going to happen, it takes a certain kind of, it, it, it takes a certain view. It takes all of us loving and valuing each other. Every single one of us. It takes us, you see Jesus, he showed us a great example of what that is. See, Jesus valued us so much that he was willing to die for us. That is the, that is the value that has been placed on your lives, on our lives. And if we're going to carry out the responsibility to lead the ones next to us and lead the ones behind us, we have to first value them. We have to have a, a, a care in our hearts for them that they matter, that their life matters, that they are enough to experience the truth of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus, and they deserve to play a, a role and to play their part within the body. That is what it is. It, it, it's a value, and we need to value them like our God died for them. Exactly like that. Like our God died for them. You see, because I matter, you matter, these young lives matter, we all matter, the people outside these doors matter. But our heart has to believe that. Our heart has to believe that. And this isn't something that we get to, right? This is something that we are continually pursuing, and we are always on our way to. This takes a lifetime. It's something that if we commit to, we are in it, and we are in it for a lifetime. See, I have a question. How many of you guys in this room would say, when it comes to being mature in Christ, living like Christ, and living for, for Christ, that you've made it? You arrived. You're here. Sweet. That would have been awkward if anybody raised their hand. It's something that we have to be a part of. It's not something we do, but Ephesians 4.13, it's going to be on the screen now, but it, it gives us an image of what it means to get there or when we arrive or what that looks like. And it says this in verse 13, this will continue until we have all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of, our God, of God's Son 
that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of God, of Christ. You see, to do everything we just talked about, to play our part, to lead by example, and to have a, a value on other people's lives, this is something that continues until we reach a unity of our faith and knowledge in God's Son. That our view of each other is a high value, a, a, a caring that they deserve, and they are next, and that we are going to be in that with them. You see, it is a process. It is a process that takes a lifetime. Something that we are continually going to work towards. That we are going to continue to see relationships happen. Lives intersecting. That we are going to use each other. And God is going to use us to push each other further into that maturity in Christ. To live like Christ and to live for Christ. That is where it comes from. That's what it is. You see, and I've seen this played out. I see this played out in my own life. I, I remember um, moving out of my parents' house for the very first time. The first time, it happened a few times. Um, I, I, I did. They tried to change the locks. I got in. But I, I had moved out of my mom's house, and, and I had just graduated high school, and a friend and I, we, um, we got a two-bedroom apartment here in town. We were stoked, right? This is the way it was supposed to be. This is what we've been waiting for. Life is happening. Man, we made it. We're here. We have arrived. And as we settled into this new place, it came very apparent to me and I realized quickly that I had not made it, right? And it was because I didn't have what it takes to make it. But I knew it was going to take some work. I knew this newfound, right, I'm here, it was going to take some work. And um, the, the way I knew this, it was like, it was weird. As soon as I left my mom's house, groceries stopped appearing in my refrigerator, right? Like, they just like, I had to go and get them myself. I was like, what, what, what world is this, right? Like it was not cool. And, and, and even another thing even further, right? Like, like toilet paper, right? Until you move out, you don't realize like toilet paper, it goes fast. And like, you need that stuff, right? Like you need it. If you feel differently, we'll talk after because you need it. But it's crazy that I was on this thing. I thought that I had arrived, right? This was the, the point in my life that we were working towards and, and we were finally here. But even in that, I had a lot to learn. I had a ton to learn. And, and, and I'm still learning, right? And, and I told my wife, I promised her that I'd be an adult soon, right? But we're still waiting. But this adulting stuff was going to take some work. It was going to take some work. And see, arriving to, to this place in my life and arriving to becoming more like Jesus, it was a little bit different, but they, a lot of similarities. A lot of stuff goes into it, right? See, arriving in our pursuit of Jesus means that we're no longer breathing and we're face-to-face -face with our Creator, right? Getting there, is that's what that means. To say that we have come to the end of our process of being mature in Christ, living like Christ, and living for Christ, is to say that our time here is up and we are no more. We're going home. We're going home. It's a lifelong process. It's something that we need each other. We, it, it continues, and it continues the way that it says in the Scripture in 4.13, that it continues until we have come to such a unity in our faith and our knowledge of God's Son. It's a unity in our faith that happens when we all commit to play our part. When we all commit to play our part, and when we commit to leading by example, and we have a heart and a mentality and a thinking that values other people's lives over our own so much for that we would sacrifice for it. 
It's leading by example through this process. And this process is for the ones to have this heart, to have this, this commitment, this leadership for the ones that are in their process and the ones that haven't even started their process. It is a view that we have to have and a way that we have to live. It took a village to get me to where I am now. It's going to take a village to get me to wherever God is going or has, has for me next. But you see, with, with bologna, cheese slices, bread, and a $1 bottle of hot sauce, I thought I had made it. I thought I was there, I had arrived, but little did I know, I was just at the beginning of what God had for me next. I was at the beginning of this journey that, that was ahead of me, and it took people in these moments to step in and play their parts, to play their roles. It was my mom showing up with, with toilet paper and cleaning supplies right? Acting like she just came over to visit. No, she knew what we needed, right? Like she knew it. And, and so much more that she did. It took my dad stepping in and helping with the electric bill when we were short. These people paid their price so that, that I would have a fighting chance. It took friends and family cooking for us, right? Because cheese slices and bread is not going to get you very far. It, 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 it cooking for us and inviting us over for dinner. You see, it took a village in this moment of my life and it takes one even so much more so in something so much bigger and something so much more important. And that's our relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's something that we can never stop growing in. It's something that we're always going to be a part of. God is always going to put our lives and interrupt our lives with each other. He's going to put us in situations to help push the body forward. And it's something that we walk through. And it's a process that God allows us to be a part of. It is a privilege that we get to walk and be a part of the amazing things that God has planned and in store for us. You see, and God is pretty serious about this. And actually in Jude 1, verse 20 and 23, it'll be on the screen. It gives us an image of this. And it says this in verse 20. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. See, this scripture here is telling us that we have a job to play. It is our responsibility to care and have mercy for those that are not in their process yet, that don't know this Jesus yet. But for the ones that are, it is our job to, I love the imagery that it gives here, but to snatch them out of the fire. We have roles to play, friends. We have roles that we need to step into. It's something that we need to keep growing in, building ourselves up so that we can be what we need to be for the rest of the body. It's up to us to live out this scripture, to love others, to value them, to care for them, to have mercy, and to help lead them back to the direction that we're going. We're going this way. Jesus is this way. That is what we're called to do, to show mercy to lead others, to remind them of the cross, to remind them of what they once felt and the Savior and then the forgiveness that they've received and the shame that was killed in the presence of our God, to remind them of all that, to step out of our comfort zones. You see, this, this, this work that we're called to, to play our part, to be a, an active member of this village, to lead by example. Guys, all of this, it requires something. It requires sacrifice, uncomfortable, sleepless, tear-filled sacrifice, and it takes each other. It takes all of us 
to step out of these zones, these, these places to where our faith isn't challenged and growth doesn't happen, to situations that we can help somebody lift them up and point them in the direction that we are going and remind them that the one who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. It's up to us. It's putting our wants, it's putting our needs even behind those that are around us for the, for, the gooder, the, for, the, for the better good of the whole body. So the body is healthy and the body is growing. And we do this, guys, we, we, we pray for each other. We step into those moments, even if it's a text message, a scripture that might get read or might not get read, but you send it. We send in, we step into this to encourage, we fall apart together and we go hand in hand back to the foot of the cross. But this is what we are called to do, and this is a task. It's a big task, but it's one that we can do together. It's one that we can do with our God. See, together, playing our parts and sacrificing each other. <laughs> That's the second time. I guess I really want to sacrifice some of you guys. Uh, I did it at the first. Sacrificing for each other. We can faithfully build each other up for generation to generation to generation. But it's up to us. And in order for us to accomplish this, it, it takes a certain heart. It takes a heart that's described in, in Psalms, and, and, and it, it's a heart that is, is available. All it takes is a heart that is available. One that is ready, one that is there, one that says, I can do this with you, God. Check out Ephesians 4.16. It'll be on the screen. It says this, it says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. See, we have to have available heart to carry this out. So I guess my question is, is who's ready for this journey? Who's ready to play the part? The part within the body, the body, the church, us, with Christ at its head. It's called to be available. That's it. Be available for where God is trying to work in you and how he's trying to use you. Just be available. See, God puts us together. And as I look back at this, these promotions in my life and these moments in my life, I noticed that these conversations and this life that I was living and, and these relationships were just that. that I looked at them as, at, at face value, but looking back, I see how God put every single person in the right place at the right time because I needed them look around we all need each other we need us to play this part we need us to play this part so that the body is growing and it's healthy so we can do this from generation to generation see but it's that available heart it's a heart that's described in Psalms 51 17 it says this the sacrifice God desires is a humble spirit Oh God, a humble and repentant heart you will not reject. You see, this heart that is required to carry out the task that has been put in front of us, to lay foundations, to water seeds, to come alongside each other, to play our parts, to lead by example, and to value each other, it starts here, to have a heart that understands. The heart that understands that we need Jesus, always. A heart that, that knows that throughout its entire lifelong process, knowing that aside from Jesus, there is only loss and wandering. That there is darkness and there is no light until he is introduced and comes onto the scene. It is a heart that no matter if we think we have made it, 
or we have not made it, that we understand that we are all sinners on the same playing field that need a savior. We are all equal in this. There is not one greater above us except for he, for him. It's Jesus, friends, and we are going. He is this way. We are going this way. See, but it's a heart that understands this, and it's a heart that says yes. It's a heart that says, leave me and I will go. That I will step out into these, into these moments, that I'll be active in these moments, that I will play the part that God has for me for the greater good of the body, for each other, so they experience what I have experienced. They experience this Jesus that I have for the body because they deserve it. And each one of us matters and we're valuable. See, it's a heart willing to play its part, to step into those moments. It's also a heart that loves what God loves, to love what He loves. And that's a heart that values each other, that, that values people, values others to the point of sacrificing for the body. It, it, it's what God loves is to see lives walk from death into life. That's what He loves. And that is a heart that He calls us to have. He says, I can use that heart. I can use that heart. I can change a life with that heart. But it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility to step into these moments and to play our part. You see, but all of this, it is, we have a good game plan. We're going somewhere and, and we can say, you know what, this is something I can step into. But first it starts with the starting line of all starting lines. It starts in one place and that it starts with knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's where it's at. There's no process without him. There's no moving forward without him. See, we need to understand who he is and who we are to him and the calling that he has in our life. And that's it, to step into these moments, to get into the game and to play our part for the body, for the ones behind us, these young lives that need us, that need us, to play those parts. See, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I don't want to let you leave here without giving an opportunity to make that decision. If that's something you've never, you've never had that conversation, we're going to have some of our, our villagers up here at the front that will pray with you, that can help walk you through that. So if you've never made that decision, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. But even if you have, even if you made that decision, but maybe you've been on the sidelines for a little bit, Maybe we haven't stepped into those, into those moments. Maybe we haven't stepped into playing our part and doing what we need to do and being who we need to be for the rest of the body. They'll pray for that too. Well, friends, it is our responsibility to join this process. It is our privilege to walk in these processes with the people around us. We are called to be this village and we all have this role to play. Are you ready? Thank you guys. As we will continue to worship, some of these people are gonna be up here to pray with you. Please, if you need it, make your way forward. Thank you guys.